Dopamine swipe. Dopamine, dopamine swipe. Follow us, likes, double tap. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the 817 Podcast. Today, we're really excited for an interview that we've been trying to put together for a while now uh, and finally just made the, the time work. EJ, who are we talking to? We are talking to Dante Williams, uh, owner of Dig Construction uh, Contracting and as well as uh, one of the founders of Community Frontline Um Dante is a genuine leader in Fort Worth and in the East Side, and I think it's perfect that we're getting him here um, around uh, our East Side development conversations, uh, budgeting, and, and just kind of the economic growth of Fort Worth. And so here's Dante. Hey, what's going on? My name is Dante Williams, um, and my Fort Worth story is really I'm just a kid from a city. Right. Just a kid mm. from the funk, uh, born, born and raised here from from Fort Worth uh, and have lived all over the city. But my roots are definitely east side. Uh, brought up by a single parent. Uh, my mom was 14 when she had me. So, you know, lots of story that goes into that, man. But came up uh, through the thick of it. Definitely during the 90s. Um, as a kid, went to uh, went to several elementary schools. Uh, planted at Wedgwood during middle school and then graduated from the great Dunbar High School. Uh, I'll be a wildcat. Who be you? Um, but, you know, went off to college uh, and, and made my way back. And as we uh, went out to Prairie View and University and after, after college, I came back to Fort Worth and saw a lot of the same things um, that I saw growing up still, still a factor in the East side and low economic communities. Um, so really myself and a group of, group of friends, group of brothers um, that I grew up with, man, we decided to actually put some things in place to where we can actually begin to help alleviate some of those issues. Uh, and that, that was by way initially of a men's Bible study. Um, and we did that for about 10 years, man. And then that from there, uh, it turned into Community Frontline around 2016, 2017, uh, really on the, on the kind of offset or as police shootings became extremely um, on the forefront of the nation, right? You had Fernando Castile, you know, we can go down the list of names, uh, but what we wanted to do was tackled the issue before the issue became uh, a bigger problem here within the city of Fort Worth. And so we really started uh, having meetings, talking with guys, building relationships across the community, as well as just kind of, you know, building relationships. Um, again, it was weird because, you know, mm -hmm. being, being from Stop 6, Eastwood, it was just like, man, yeah, we don't have relationships with the police. But we said, hey, we got to figure this out. How do we get ahead of it before uh, this thing comes uh, to pass here in our city. And unfortunately, it did uh, on a couple of occasions before George Floyd with Tatiana Jefferson and Jaquavian Slayton. Um, those shootings really kind of, you know, put a spotlight here on our city and things that we needed to impact and change. And so, um, yeah, that's I kind of went all over the place there on, on my my Fort Worth history, man. But um yeah, so that's yeah. that's me in a nutshell. Married, got four kids. They're growing up here, man, loving it. My wife's from Dallas, so I give her, you know, but she gives me uh, a little grief all the time about about Dallas and Fort Worth. But you know, she's here, so it's her home now. <laughs> well, with I, you know, I think that's cool. You know, adding the family to the to the conversation because where do you want to see Fort Worth for your kids? You know, if they choose to live here, like what is what is something you want to see for them? Uh, as the city grows with them yeah man so so i think right now so we still live on the east side um and what i would like to see is just the city become a lot more um and i'm gonna say inclusive but what i mean is more like culturally inclusive in terms of what's available for uh, and I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a black guy, so I know you guys may not be able to see me on the, on the podcast, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, for, for black kids, right. Um, a lot of times our kids begin to 
get involved in different things or different activities if they, you know, if they don't have good options where we live, right? So a lot of times we have to take our kids to Arlington or to the other side of town um, to actually get involved in certain activities or whether it's dance, ballet, art, you know, music, where, you know, where do we go? Um, so I think that's one, just as they continue to grow up, like providing those type of, and even if it's, so, you know, a big thing right now is like street racing, right? So if kids want to get involved in racing and a lot of kids enjoy that, right? I mean, you may remember EJ growing up, man, we had biker boys, mm-hmm. we had, uh, was it Fast and Furious, yep. right? So a lot of kids, like we enjoy racing. So where's like a, a racetrack that we can go to? And let kids go and just kind of all right. You want to race? You got your license. You got all the right stuff. Go go and do that. Uh, or even music. Like where is a good music studio where kids can go in and just create? You know whatever the type of music is they want to listen to or they want to put out and produce. Like how how do we get stuff like that going? Um, so for me, as as my kids kind of matriculate through school, uh, that's one thing that I would really love to see. Is just more opportunities for them, kind of within the community we live in. Um, because right now we're, my family is fortunate enough to be able to kind of move around and do some things and find those options without too many barriers. Uh, but I know a lot of families that can't, uh, and I would say just future wise, like even, even as they graduate, you know, whether they go off to college or they want to start a business or whatever it is they want to do, um, just really seeing a space for young professionals, right? Um. So I think that's one thing that we lack in our city is mm-hmm. I think there's opportunities, right? I think there's job opportunities. I think there's opportunities for entrepreneurship. Uh, but the after hour hangout, go and socialize. Like there's not a whole lot of places, yeah. if any, where you can go and say, okay, I can go here and just be myself and let my hair down without having to try to like blend in to whatever the Fort Worth culture is in some of those mm. spots right um so there's not really a spot like that so i would love to see that um more so now um happening and then when they get there they can kind of have that so they don't have to go to dallas atlanta houston yeah, dc you know they yeah. can do everything here in full work so yeah. i would love to see kind of that happening for our kids in the future yeah yeah kind of talking more about that last piece like Lancaster has potentially a lot of money coming in to help redevelop it. Uh, you you own a construction company. Like, what what do you think can happen in the east side to like help maybe create more places like that? Like, we've seen Black Coffee become such a a hub for the community over here. Um, like, what do you think needs to happen to get more? cultural centers in place like that yeah so so i I love i love the idea and what they're trying to do with eastland so we're located off of east uh i can't even get it out right now east lancaster (laughs) got these retainers in my mouth man (laughs) get all my words out oh and so we're located here man and the whole purpose of so with black coffee with dig with franklin and anthony dfw beauty studios savage fitness right so we all like made a very intentional decision to um, not move away from East Fort Worth, mm. but specifically kind of this corridor, because there are uh, a lot of black businesses and even just businesses, period, but a lot of black small businesses within this corridor um, that could really help with the development of. And I think that's what happened with Black Coffee, right? Like, I think uh, Mia was very intentional on what she wanted Black Coffee to be. Uh, And I think the more we bring people in that are from the community, have a heart for the community, um, and not just outside developers, right? Because outside developers are gonna bring in what they wanna bring in. Mm -hmm. But when you have people that are from there and have a vision and a heart and a care, and also the business acumen, um, I think great things can happen. Uh, And I think that's what we're seeing with, you know, places like Black Coffee um and so if we can continue to keep that kind of going along with things that are being brought in and with a mix right so you bring in the chick-fil-a hey we can have a chick-fil-a over <laughs> on this side man let's let's do it uh but sit down restaurants you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and have some have some restaurants that are actually go in sit down take your family to 
um, like those, like you had that back, you know, a while back. I ain't gonna say back in the day because I don't, you know, I, I ain't that old. I'm still a young guy. <laughs> but you had those things on the east side, and they kind of just gradually faded out over time. Um, I think the only one right now that I know that's on Lancaster is, is the Dixie House, mm-hmm. right, where you can go in, and sit down, and eat. Um, you know, Smokies unfortunately had shut down because of the pandemic. There was a barbecue joint mm-hmm. down the street. Um, so it's, you know, just bringing those type of things back and making sure you have um, people who are concerned about the community at the table mm-hmm. and not just concerned about the dollars, mm-hmm. right? Because obviously the money, money's going to talk. Uh, and that's, that's a known factor. But I, I believe having people from the community that care and even people that want to bring their business uh, to this side of town um, that are from this side of town. I think there's a lot of opportunities for that if we just reach in and and help provide resources, right? I think thinking outside the box is going to be key in what this development looks like. Yeah. Um, Yeah, me and you become a lot closer due to leadership class and just us being able to connect there. Uh, but you always kind of talk about the history of uh, black success in Fort Worth and kind of yeah, mention this. Can you kind of give kind of, you know, that kind of elevator speech or kind of a little pitch about what black businesses used to look like in Fort Worth and how they actually, you know, did a lot for the city? Man, black, so, so yeah, so we're actually, in certain, certain, so we got a, uh, so I want to talk about the history, but what we're doing right now, we're actually working with an artist uh, to create a mural to to kind of show that picture right um, mm. that shows the history of kind of black business entrepreneurship uh, from the past to present and then what it looks like going into the future uh, and so we're working with artists to create that mural and it's going to be on East Lancaster so it'll be it'll kind of hopefully it'll kind of fit in with everything that's happening uh, but just showing like man you had so when people talk about William McDonald, right? Gooseneck McDonald. Um, you also have, you know, some of the Brooks family. You have the Hardeman family. You have the like. There's a lot of families, uh, black families that had businesses thriving, right? When you talk about, you know, people people talk about um, Black Wall Street, right, up in Oklahoma, but fail to realize like we had a thriving Black Wall Street community here in the city of Fort Worth. Um, and when the Great Depression happened, right, when the banks and all that, like it was just a big crash um, here in Fort Worth, the black community, black banks actually helped bail out parts of the city and white communities going through at that time. Because because our money circulated within our own community and we wasn't necessarily a part of the ecosystem the, mm-hmm. of the whole <laughs> deal, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, our money stayed within our community. So we were able to keep that money and actually help bail out parts of the city. And so I think like that type of history here in our city is key. You know, when you talk about downtown and over there by I am Terrell, uh, like they had nightclubs, they had jazz clubs, they had all these things where, you know, it was, it was just live, man. And uh, to, to see and know parts of where that history has just gone away. Like there's no, there's no one talking about it. And then there's no like landmarks to say, man, this is what that was. Uh, so we really want to just try and bring that back as we as we begin to talk more about uh, economic development, entrepreneurship, black business, um, especially in, in a time and when, you know, you look at the makeup of contracts that are going to the city or the county. Um, I think now is a good opportunity for you know, us to really start speaking on that and talking to that because just holistically, uh, when you talk about social justice and social issues, especially if you if you go back even to the 60s when all the all these civil rights things were happening, like it was the black businesses that were supporting and funding a lot of these efforts. And so if you can have that and grow that, right, then you don't have to go outside to ask and look for money to help with our kids or with what's going on. You got it locally. And it's built from within, you know, so it just kind of eliminates some of the red tape is the hope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Talking about, uh, like you mentioned, the city contracts going out right now, like traditionally that's been very heavily in the hands of 
like white male owned businesses and uh, the city is setting out to make sure that minorities and uh, female owned businesses are getting more of a seat at the table now have you and your company like felt them make an effort to reach out to that community or is it still just kind of like if you know to go apply for these contracts you know hopefully you get lucky like has there been outreach behind it or is it more still does it still feel more like closed off no i i think they are um i i truly do believe they are I think there's still a communication gap, mm-hmm. right? I think on, on both ends, um, from the city and from maybe some of the contractors trying to get contracts, or vendors trying to get contracts from the city. Um, and so, so I, it's a yes and, right? So yes, they are reaching out. I do feel like they're trying to make some some definite headway in that area. Um, even so much, so, I mean, just the things that they sent out. So we we um, we've done a couple of deals with the city in terms of uh mbe certifications and workshops and trying to get uh people certified to get that um that mbe certification uh but one of the things also is even without the certification like how many black owned or latino owned or asian owned businesses are getting those contracts Mm -hmm. with or without just because they have the quality of work Um, and so just trying to trying to have that conversation like whether they have the certification or not like what are those barriers to get them in? And mm-hmm. so just having those sit down meetings, conversations and bringing other vendors and people to the table to tell their experience, I think has helped out a lot here in the last, I would say probably the last six to eight months It's mm-hmm. really been, I think the city has done quite a bit to engage in that. Um, and even before, you know, they, they've loosened up some of the uh, requirements uh they they expanded i think from 15 percent to 25 percent trying to get mbe participation um and so i think the more they kind of continue to go down that pathway uh and i know there's folks uh christina brooks gwen wilson on the inside that are trying to help or even robert trying to help uh really bring more awareness to those things uh and there's been a couple of initiatives that they started so uh no i think it's a yes and yes they they're working and we can do more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I know also Community Frontline has been doing a lot of events around economic development as well. You guys kind of, I know you did the thing with Facebook. I think you recently just did something with uh, Christina uh, with the with the financial loan program. I'm going to mess up the acronym. I think it's like CDFI. Uh, oh, CDFIs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Okay. So, so yeah, what, what are you guys doing um, positioning Community Frontline to help in, the, in this space? Yeah, so so right now, I, a big focus is on small business, um, and again, specifically black and brown small businesses. Really trying to so what we saw and what we've seen, but definitely saw during the twenty twenty pandemic with everything that happened, uh, with having to shut down, business slowing down. Uh, so what we did was we we helped several businesses try to get PPP loans, try to get marketing still out saying, hey, we're still open. Uh, you can come pull up, you know, drive through, get uh, the, uh, what is it, the the mask and mm-hmm. the hand sanitizer, all that. We, you know, we just like, hey, what can we do? Let's help them out. But during that process, what we saw was, you know, there were businesses that had been in business for 15, 20, 10 years that never did a W-9 or didn't know what a PL statement was or didn't know what, you know, certain certifications was. And it was just like, wow, you know, you guys have been running business and you've been around forever, uh, but just bookkeeping, just the business side of things in terms of paperwork, right. In terms of getting the accounting and getting the dollars, like it just was, Hey, whatever we got is what we got. And we're going to keep moving. How we moving. Like we're not trying to do too much more than that. Um, and so what that kind of showed us was uh, a couple of things. One, if that's what business want to be, great. But I think there's some ways we can help not even look at scaling, but just being more proficient and kind of more uh, on top of things when it comes to just these type of like this is a once in a lifetime crisis. Hopefully once in a lifetime <laughs> crisis. Uh, but just when other stuff hits, it just kind of shows how easy it is for 
small businesses and businesses that are operating in black and brown communities to kind of go under a tank when one thing hits because they're just operating off of what they got mm-hmm. right and if you don't have anything beyond that it's kind of hard sorry about that it's kind of hard to uh to really have a nest egg or kind of hold kind of hold your own mm-hmm. and so what we did what we ended up doing was um one we wanted to make sure we were networking and providing spaces and opportunities for those businesses to get together get to know one another learn from one another um and just create kind of that incubator to, hey, man, I'm doing this at this stage. You're doing this at this stage. What did you learn? What did you grow? How did, you know, and just kind of bouncing all of that stuff off each other. And so we've seen a lot of fruit from that, uh, from businesses that are just starting out to businesses that have been around, like I said, the 15, 20 years. And even bringing in technology, media. So, so we did the deal with Facebook uh, and Black Coffee. But even after that, we did another deal with Facebook to where they came in and taught how to utilize Facebook, Instagram, uh, what's the WhatsApp in terms of all these free marketing tools that they provide for your business uh, without even having to have a a website. Mm. So if you sell products, you can sell your products on Facebook without a fee, right? Or you can market to specific demographics, you know, in your, if you want to be specific about 76105, you only want to market to that zip code because that's where you are, you know, so we kind of created those type of things to be able to sit down and say, okay, this is what we can do. Um, but even beyond that, the thing we had, so we had a forum last week, no, this week, man, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this week. Uh, and I think this is what you're talking about was um, we had, so it was talking about money, right? Money, banking, and CDFIs. Uh, and so there's been a lot of conversation with the city about these CDFIs and kind of what they're doing and, and uh, what they're bringing with CDFI friendly. Uh, but what we wanted to do was since the CDFIs are not the actual funding piece, they have to go to the banks mm-hmm. to actually get the funding from. And so we brought in Chase, Bank of America, Frost, uh, First Financial. So kind of wanted different levels of banking. So local, state, and then obviously your national guys. Um, And then we brought in CDFI uh, uh, called Truth Fund. to Kind of just speak to one banking and some of the barriers that small businesses, black brown communities too right so just low economic communities face when it comes to getting a bank account right or even getting a loan or a line of credit like what are those barriers what are those things that you come up against and how do we kind of tackle those things and provide opportunities for the business and the people if you're going and looking for a house right how do you get pre-approved if you're a business and you're looking to purchase or even just get a business loan what does it take Mm -hmm. right um so kind of had some high level conversations around that and got people connected to the CDFI and to banks to be able to have more of a, because, you know, every, and what a lot of people don't know, especially I'm going to say, I, I'm going to say what I didn't know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, growing up, uh, I didn't really learn probably until my late twenties, early thirties was how important it was to have a relationship with the bank that you bank at. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and the more local you can get with their relationship, um, the easier it is sometimes to get things kind of pushed through and someone advocating for you, like with inside, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. the banking system. Because a lot of times, man, you just showing up and you're like, man, I ain't got that. I ain't got no credit. I ain't got no, but I can do it. Like I got a job. I got a career. I'm good. I'm good for it. You know, without having somebody to actually advocate and speak on your behalf, um, it's almost always a no versus if you yeah. got an advocate inside, you at least got a chance. Yeah, uh, of increasing that percent. Yeah, you, 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 you were telling. I mean, yeah, when we when we sit down, I feel like we we talk about, you know, a, a recent story I saw is how um, a black business owner with good credit gets uh, the same amount of loan as a white business owner with bad credit, and a white person with good credit gets twice as much loans as the the black person with the good credit. So you we you you kind of really opened up kind of what I think is like what you guys are doing so important is you opened up what it's kind of the difficulty of like 
trying to figure out this nuance. And and I remember sitting with you having coffee and um, you, you kind of said it like, man, black and brown first generation kids, they get taught how to win the rules, right? Pay your taxes, go to college, do these things where like white kids grow up learning how to bend or maneuver the rules. Hey, you can mm-hmm. do this thing or like do this when you do that. And like you just talked about, you know, being, you know, you said, you know, learning this stuff in your late 20s, early 30s. Hell, I don't have a relationship with my bank and I'm in my early 30s. I'm like writing that one down. And I was like, dang, Dante, I got to see like what's that touch point look like. So how do you feel like how can we how do we solve that? I feel like that is something that like how do we educate kids? You know, and I think, you know, we talked about your kids earlier and we talked about the future of Fort Worth. Like, what do you think? How, how, how can we help kids, you know, and help kind of people navigate those spaces? Yeah, so so I think p- part of and, and shout out to to the uh, to the chambers, but definitely the the uh, forward chamber. We did a deal with them. I think it was last year, maybe. Uh, and it's a couple other entities that's doing some things with bringing kids and students from fourth ISD into small businesses and showing them kind of what it takes to do these type of things. Those that have kind of the entrepreneurial mindset. Uh, and was able to sit down and have some of those conversations. So I think bringing students to and then us going to the students um, is one way because I think they have to learn from people that are actually doing it mm-hmm. um, and see them doing it and have some real conversations about it. Um, but then, too, because, it, again, I'm an I statement growing up, like we didn't talk about money. We didn't talk about the only thing we knew bills are due. Mama gonna pay the bills. Don't you worry about it. You got food. Right. <laughs> you got food in the kitchen. Eat the food and don't worry about none of this money talk. I gotta deal with it. Uh, but the more I think the more we can educate our kids kind of on that level, because a lot of a lot of parents don't know, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of parents in the communities that we serve with frontline are in survival mode, right? Yeah. So if I'm in survival mode, like you you talking to me about money management is really just managing and paying these bills on time and making mm-hmm. sure my kids are good. Uh, and so I think in order to help them get out of that phase of life is having them help like build and understand why the parents themselves, and then they can start having the conversations with the kids on that level. Um, but then another conversation is like having a, a incubator, right? Like having a spot to where, you have all levels of businesses and all levels of people, right? So young, middle, old, they can just come into a space and get information, right, in their community, though. Because I think there's a couple, uh, I don't think, not, not at least what I'm thinking right now, right? So there's a ideal of having a business incubator. But what does that look like? What does that mean? Uh, and for us, it's more so like for anyone, whether you have a business or not, if you just want to learn information, because I think your home is like a small business, too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If you really look at it. And so if you can manage your household bills, you can man like learning how to just manage that piece of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your family business. Right. Like we, you know, hey, family business. We, we have a business of this family and this is how we operate. And I think taking that and applying that to small business. Right. Mm-hmm. So just understanding the term business goes a lot of different ways. And so I would like to see something like that created to where it's, it's small, it's business minded, but not just in the sense of a goods provided, but the family unit as well. Yeah. Uh, talking about kids and community frontline, uh, like kids are obviously out for the summer now. What, uh, what, types of things you guys have planned for the summer do you have anything planned for juneteenth uh that's like open to the community uh, i'd love to hear about what community frontlines got going on this summer yeah man so we are um so we're doing so we're getting back to movie nights so movie nights are kind of one of the things that we we mm-hmm. done in the past that were really good so we're back to doing i think we have one coming up on the 23rd uh, and then what we do is we, you know, go to the MLK Center, um, get the go outside, get the big projector, uh, and we just play movies. Have have uh, I think we used to, so when it was cold, we did like s'mores and you know we do popcorn, drinks, candy, all that, just free and open for the community. 
uh, and just let the kids come out and have a blast, man. And, and they love it. Um, and the families love it because they can come, they can, whether they want to watch the movie or they just want to let the kids be free outside for mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so that's one thing that, that we're doing. Uh, and that'll be kind of monthly throughout the summer. We're doing that. Uh, as well as we're still partnering with uh, MBK and Dog Bookshop. So there's some culture enrichment classes we're doing. Uh, focus on the youth, but they're for everybody. Um, just kind of getting kids out to kind of continue to grow an understanding of the culture, their culture specifically, um, and being able to kind of just dive into some of that. So that's kind of education piece that we're doing this summer. Uh, and that'll go, go through. And that's, that's leading up into no, that's leading us to a deal that we're trying to actually uh, kick off next summer would be a um, culture enrichment tour that would take kids on kind of a couple of college tours, but also historical markers throughout the South mm. so that they can kind of go and see and visit and touch the things that they're learning about and actually see them uh, in person. Uh, so this, so this summer is kind of the, the precursor to that. Uh, as far as Juneteenth, man, uh, we're just supporting other events. So this year, we're not doing the whole last year. Um, we were a part of the openly uh, walk. Um, and we kind of did some some things with that this year. Um, we, we're going to support that and support every, I mean, there's several events going on. So, you know, we, we try not to kind of create more of the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, instead, we want to just support. What's out there, man? So it's, it's stuff happening Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, because I think Monday is the official holiday. Mm. Uh, but but I think for a lot of us, because most a lot of the guys definitely uh, are just going to take that Sunday, man, and just, yeah, you know, that's, yeah. you know, that's Father's Day, man. And so that's one thing. So it's kind of the gift and a curse, right? We're getting getting Juneteenth um, as the national holiday. Like, there's a lot of attention on that day, that weekend. Um, but for those of us that know, that's kind of like, that's always been a deal too, to where it's a struggle for fa- black fathers getting kind of their due. And so right now, like we, we've been having conversations kind of internally and kind of just throughout some of the community members, um, just about that, that perspective, right? Like how do we not lose black fathers in the midst of Juneteenth celebration? Mm-hmm. Uh because as you know, it's just a deal to where man, we black fathers already get a bad, like mm-hmm. a bad just spin in life and the media and all this stuff. So how do we continue? Like how do we celebrate those that are still doing well and celebrate Juneteenth? You know, and so it's kind of just that dynamic where hey man, don't don't forget his father. Like I got a yeah. shirt on right now that says you know proud uh, dope black father. <laughs> um, but it's like we can't lose that perspective as we celebrate Juneteenth, especially within the black community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like there's been like everything that's happening on that Sunday. People have been asking, hey, man, y'all coming out? Y'all going to be a part? No, we uh, I'm going to be a daddy that day. And I'm going to celebrate <laughs> myself, my kids. Hopefully they give me, you know, something to eat. That's all I'm going to say. But yeah, man, that, you know, so Juneteenth wise, we like I said, we just going to support. And then we really want to cool. just lift up lift up that uh for father's day is a big piece also cool kind of talking about like the cultural enrichment tour and opal lee and juneteenth like we've talked a lot about how does fort worth become a hub for black tourism and like there's talks of the national juneteenth museum coming the uh, old kkk building being converted and redone uh like, what do you think needs to happen or could happen for Fort Worth to become sort of like an Atlanta or even Birmingham, Montgomery, where we get to highlight black tourism and black history and lift that up in a way that has young people coming and wanting to learn about the history of that in Fort Worth and in Texas? And in context... Yeah, uh- to context that take just in case because we talk about this on the pod a lot so mm-hmm. so we talk about this kind of idea of um you know there's you know as you know there's opportunity where rather than people coming to the stockyards coming to fort worth to just go to stockyards there's now going to be people who are like oh, i want to come see the national juneteenth museum and fort worth has this opportunity that that jimmy shared to maybe 
start telling that Fort Worth story, um, if you look at like DC and the um, African History Museum, mm-hmm. like that new museum is like what people crave. And I feel like our generation, we're not as much about like going to Vietnam War museums and Korean War museums. We want to go to museums like about our people. And so I feel right. like there's this massive space there. So that was a lot of the convos we've had, multiple pods. So go back to whatever you're going to say. I just wanted to make sure. You yeah, no, I, I think so. So this has been a conversation for So maybe not the openly uh, museum, but there's been a couple of black history museums that have kind of for at least the last couple of years that are, conversations have been centered around bringing mm-hmm. something like that to it. And, and so my and I think you, you said it perfect, at least in my estimation is. It's the youth, right? So how do you get youth involved and at the table? Because right now, a lot of the conversations are most of some of our elders or older uh, older folks having these conversations. And so when you talk about the D.C. Museum and you talk about Atlanta and you talk about even, you know, when I went to Virginia and went and toured some of the things in Virginia, um, like there there is a feel of like youthfulism in that and like community based people kind of put some of those things together. And so um, I think that has to be a huge part of it. That's going to draw people, uh, especially draw tourism and, and young folk and old folk, right? Like to the, to, to want to be a part of it. Uh, I think we have to get a lot more youth involved, younger generation folks involved Um with how to actually market and put those type of things out and even what's going to be in it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. what does it look like? How does it, cause there's, so there's the, the Lenora, um, go mess up her name. Godly. <laughs> there's a black museum on the South side right now. Lenora is the historical genealogy. Mm-hmm. I can't say it. Genealogical museum. Mm-hmm. And it's a black museum on the South side that has a lot of history. Um, there's a Stop Six Heritage Museum that sits on the campus of Young Men's Leadership Academy. Mm-hmm. Has a lot of history of Stop Six. Um, there's another. I think there's one in Como that has a lot of just and there's small little hubs, right? Um, but like there, those things exist now, but they also are ran by our elders, and so trying to get that information out about these things and what they look because they a lot of great information, mm-hmm. you know, and if we kind of bring these bigger museums in and they kind of ran the same way, like how do we, we have to kind of bring about some type of difference in that. So I think the merging of generations to help create what that looks like and bringing, mm-hmm. I think what I would like to see is, is still even more so like, so I think the NAACP did a deal one or two years ago and even Visit Forward did something about the history of kind of some of the South side. Mm. And as you walk kind of over by the NAACP office, like some of the names and businesses and people that were over in that area, like the more we highlight the history of Fort Worth, Mm -hmm. like the black history of Fort Worth, I think that's going to get more people uh, interested and committed to this idea of this black history museum from Fort Worth. Cause it's a lot of history here, man. uh, That's just not tapped into. So I would love, I would love to see, kind of those type of marketing things going forward as whatever, because it sounds like we're going to have two yeah. <laughs> museums coming in uh, and whatever that looks like, I think it's great. Uh, but I think the marketing and the people behind it just has to, it has to blow up and grow a lot more to get the attention. I think we yeah. need and want to have for it. Yeah. My, my, my fear is that this museum is going to be like the Alamo or like the Mona Lisa, right. where it's like it's gonna be overhyped, and then people are gonna show up and be like, "This is all y'all did. This is what y'all this did. It? Like, like this, this is." It? And like, I, I hope the city needs to understand they need to be more proactive and see the genuine opportunity in front of us. Like, yeah. you know, I think the the opportunity to, you know, in DFW where people travel a lot for conferences, for associations, for sporting events, we have you know we don't need another soccer field. Yeah, we we can invest in being a hub for black tourism, especially with, I mean, the KKK headquarters in Fort Worth, there has to be so much real stuff we need to be sharing about what's going on and making it super impactful. But I don't know if the city got the juice like that and has the vision. So uh, I I think to your point, EJ, you know, and unfortunately I think the politics get involved in it because 
of who we have been. As I said, I see it shifting slightly, <laughs> <laughs> right? Slightly. Um, but I think the politics get in the way a lot of times of us doing those type of great things and reaching outside of our comfort zone as a city. Um, and I, and I see there's a lot of potential for us to be able to do that. Um, but we, we do got to get out of playing poli- the old politics, you know, and I, I don't know people say the old fourth way and all that, um, but whatever, because that's, that means different things for different folks. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I think if, if we can, can grow and get uncomfortable as a city, we can see some really great things. Yeah, I guess, you know, question on that city council what's your you know we have a young city council city council who looks more like you know this room um how do you feel about it's been a year um how do you feel like the 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 group's doing how do you where do you feel like the city's going um so so i would say so i would say it's good (laughs) and there's a there's a lot of opportunity to grow right um I say it's good because of everything we just talked about, right? Getting younger allowed because the younger the city council gets is more representation of what the actual city looks like uh, in terms of median age and stuff like that. Uh, But there's also room for, but so to learn how to navigate that system, it's a huge system, Mm. right? And how to play the game because it's a game that they're, you know, how how to maneuver the pieces that need to be maneuvered while also staying true to who you are and representing the community. Um, I feel like all of that has played out in several different ways, uh, good and bad, right? So if we talk about the Tatiana Jefferson case, we've seen a lot of things, a lot of good efforts with bad outcomes, right? Um, but not so good outcomes. Uh, if you want to talk about small business ventures with, you know, the city started a small business committee thing, but no small business are represented on that committee. Um, and they kind of switched years and kind of went to another deal. So, you know, I think that there, I think there are some good ideas and some good kind of moving in some different direction. Um, but just kind of needs to be a little more tailored, some different folks probably being brought to the table, but then just learning the system. Right. So even, mm-hmm. even with uh, Maddie, the mayor, you know, having experience of being there with Betsy and all of that, um, she still has like that's depending on where you are, right? That's a that's either a knock, that's either a plus or a minus, right? Um, but for her, like she has to create who is she as the mayor, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of people are still putting her in the Betsy spot, again, good or bad. But like, who are you and who are you? Like, what stamp are you going to leave? What's your legacy? for your position as mayor now. Likewise, for some of the younger guys who came in and took over some older guy's spot, right? Um, well, you know, so it's like how, like, how do you leave your legacy? Even though you're for a community, are you still for a community? Are you learning how to be more inclusive of the entire city? Um, how do, what does equity look like, right? Like how, how, how are we talking about equity? Uh, how are we giving power to the community or to staff to help the community? So I think, um right now my my grade on the council if i'm if i were to give a grade um is i don't know (laughs) 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 it's a it's a i don't know man because like i say it's i I would say that they're they're at a position to where it's been it's just been a lot of learning Mm -hmm. from my perspective yeah on how to navigate a lot a lot of a lot of what's happening around the city um and still trying to come out of the pandemic too um and dealing with just everything they're dealing with so yeah it's i don't know right now man i'm still because i thought i would have so we had a conversation around some of this man i thought i would have a better like stance like no this is how i feel this is where i think they are um but yeah no i I think they're still learning i think they they have a lot of room and so i want to i would like to afford grace for that Mm -hmm. um just to see how how they move to be able to um, allow them to work. You know what I mean? A lot of times, a lot of times we don't give people that opportunity to like, all right, you've been there a year. That's most new people on any new job, their first year in, they're not killing it. Right. <laughs> even, if you, 
put it in the sports, right? Yeah. Like you, you got some LeBrons, you got some Kobe's, but it, well, even Kobe didn't yeah, kill it his yeah. first year, right? So, um, you know, you just put people in, in, in and let them have that space to kind of grow and matriculate and see how things pan out. So that's kind of where I am right now with the council. Ask me any questions? Dope, man. You got any last thing you want to, anything you want to share or didn't share or things coming up? You're, 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 this um, is like the last, this is your free reign. Free reign right now, just to go, man. So one, appreciate you guys, man. This this is dope, man. The opportunity just to come on. Um, you know, like I said, I, I still view myself as just, just a kid from the phone, man. Uh, really just um, humbled and honored uh, to be able to be in, in the rooms with guys like you and uh, to be able to have a voice and speak uh, on behalf of myself and community that we represent. Um, so I, I would just say, man, to 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 whoever may be listening to this, um, there, there's a lot of things happening, a lot of good things happening in our city. Uh, a lot of people wanting to do a lot of good work. Uh, a lot of grassroots groups coming up right now that are just looking for support um, to help change the narrative, to help change uh, the way certain things look in the community from you know, gardens to gun violence to uh, education to, you know, I mean, the list is, is long, man. So I would just say any anywhere, anyone you see doing it, they just help yeah. <laughs> in any way you can help, right? Whether that's sharing a stream, sharing a flyer, giving a dollar, uh, giving an hour, giving 30 minutes, whatever that is. Uh, just try to, I think the more we can do that, uh, the better we'll see our community. Mm -hmm. And also I think giving grace to one another to be able to say some dumb stuff, right? To say like, I I may say something ignorant or dumb and I know, but then also being willing to educate and step in Mm -hmm. and actually build relationships to kind of help, uh, see those things that we may not have known or someone may do different and maybe a different life. So I think those are the last parting words I would like to leave us with, man. Just just help each other and show each other grace. Hey, well, I appreciate it. I know for a hot, we've been trying to get this done for a hot minute. So we we, we, <laughs> we gracefully got there and we made it happen. So, man, uh, really enjoy connecting always. And thank you for coming on to the pod. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you all. Talk to you soon, Dante. That was a great conversation. Uh, there was a, a lot in there that I feel like we both really related to and definitely got a lot out of. Was there anything that stood out to you? Um, honestly, you know, I mean, the whole me not being a father, you know, of of the two, I guess, you and him, you know, me not being a father, I see how much, like, grace and patience he has just as a person and then just thinking about the father's day comment in the middle in the among juneteenth mm-hmm. um it's such something that um someone like myself could lose sight of and never have that aha moment until i was a father mm-hmm. so just like seeing and hearing that um was was just a, a good note i felt like a good nugget for me what about you yeah i totally agree with that especially since like juneteenth is a holiday that like I observe, but it's not a holiday for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not recognizing that overlap and figuring out how to properly observe and celebrate black fathers alongside that same holiday. Yeah. Um, and uh, I love his ideas of how do we bring youth to the table, um, both from like school age kids to, younger professionals and younger families and how do we get them involved to make sure that the things and areas in which Fort Worth is developing are driven by people that are going to be around here, frankly, a lot longer than the people who've traditionally had that seat at the table. Yep. Yeah. And and sorry for, um, you know, jumping in on your question around black tourism. No, I think I, it was good. I think it was good to clarify. Cause he, cause I, I, what I was worried about was he, he was talking about how there was nothing for like, um, like black professionals. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was, I didn't, I just didn't want to be like, 
well, I mean, like, it's kind of like the same thing. We just don't <laughs> got anything. I was like, so it's like, you know, uh, but I think once we got him on that path, you can kind of see, like, he really lit up to talk about it. And, mm-hmm. and I think, I know city people and people at the city listens to Fort Worth uh, 817 podcasts. So, like, I think this topic, you know, is, is a topic that we continue to talk about, black tourism, and are we holding our end of the bargain, Fort mm-hmm. Worth? We're not just doing it to say we did it, you know, and I'm not talking about Black Cowboy Museum. I'm talking about real history, people, all right? Um, yeah, I think that, I think us pushing that, and you just see a lot of other things that we push and talk about um, really get discussed. You know, I think, what was the article that was out um, Ramin, you saw this article and we're like, I don't know if this article would have been written if we were, if it wasn't talked about in the podcast. I, I want to I think say, it was one of the like housing ones. Yeah. 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 Like E like E housing, how many corporate people are, yeah. are in um, buying houses? It's Cause we've been, we've been saying that for a year now. Yeah. You know? uh, so it's cool to just see um, his ideas though, around economic development. Um, I also thought that was a good part too, where he was just kind of talking about navigating um, and, and him taking responsibility of like, it's both sides. Like, mm-hmm. how do you feel like when you asked the construction contract, yeah. he was like, he didn't complain. He's like, honestly, it's both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, our side figuring it out while them giving us grace to do so and them figuring it out and us coming together. So I thought a lot of that was good. Yeah, totally. Well, again, thanks a ton to Dante for coming on. I'm glad we finally got to have this conversation. And, uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch with Dante, I think his information, like, we can put uh, information about DIG con- uh, contracting in the bio and community frontline if you are looking for ways to get involved. Cool. Take care, everyone, and uh, see you next time. Yeah.